It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. Uh, my name is Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Wow. This is one of our rare Tuesday editions of the Monday Check-In. This is uh, this has a lot of rarities to it. It's a Tuesday edition of the Monday Check-In. Mm-hmm. It's also our Holy Week edition of the Monday Check-In. Mm-hmm. And, for those paying attention... It's our papal, paper Bible version of the Monday check-in. Also, also the Pope's going to show up later. You said papal. I did say papal because I mixed paper and Bible. Mm-hmm. So I said papal. Yeah, um, we're going old school for this one. Because our copy machine is broken on Holy Week? Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fixed tomorrow. Fine as long as it's actually fixed tomorrow. If not... I guess people will learn to use the screens. There's always a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fine. Most of them use the screens anyway. That's true. I just look at the bulletin to, like, kill time when they're bored. Which, of course, they're never bored. No, just like The worship services that you and I are leading. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no. Just before. Right. The service starts. Yeah. They don't really even use hymnals anymore, most of them. Most, do you think? Yeah, I do. Okay. I haven't, like, done a count. I don't think it's an overwhelming majority. But it's a majority? I think probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have heard complaints that the um, the hymns that we project on the screens don't have the four-part harmony to them. And but some, that's what we got. Some folks think that that is a loss. Right, which is why I always sing out of the hymnal. Which I want to sing the harmonies. Why I love standing next to you when we're singing. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I can sing the melody. I On some of the hymns I can sing the harmony. But uh, I like harmonizing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, I sing out of the... There was a thing, another thing. That I was going to say. I don't know what it was. It's, th- it's three o'clock. Let's. <laughs> In the afternoon. Okay. What's the Monday check-in? If I think of uh, the thing I was going to say, it, I'm going to write it down right here. I'm going to say it later. All right. I don't care where we are. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is we take a, we do a little preview of the upcoming week. Uh, typically, that really just includes a Sunday. Uh, this week, it may or may not include more than that. We take a look at the scriptures that we're going to use for the week, talk a little bit about the themes, ideas, uh, questions, all that sort of stuff that we might have for it. And uh, after that, we switch gears, talk a little bit about life of the church. And before we do that, we start with a word of prayer. And I believe it's your turn to open. I'd be happy to. Let's uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, on this holy week, as we seek to journey with Jesus, um, from his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, 
to the upper room with his disciples on Monday, Thursday, where he taught them what love looked like by taking up a towel and getting on his knees and washing their feet and then sharing the Last Supper with them. To Jesus' unjust trial and persecution, and his crucifixion on Good Friday, and then Saturday, when Jesus is in the grave. We thank you for this journey that we are on on Holy Week and the reminders we have of each of these events and how they impact our own faith and life. We look with anticipation to what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, which is Christ's glorious resurrection and what that means for us. And so God, journey with us on this Holy Week. Make your presence known to us in the small details and in the big picture and everything else in between. May this be a journey that draws us closer to one another and closer to you, O God, and to your love and grace for us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're really just kind of mostly taking a look at the scripture that we're going to use for Easter Sunday. And maybe along the way, we'll kind of talk about some of the other stuff as well. Yeah. Who knows? That's, yeah. We'll see what happens. So this is, uh, this is from John chapter 20. And we're going through verse 18. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. It reads something like this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. When Simon Peter came, following him, then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, 
I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that and she told him that he had said these things to her. That's where it ends. Greg, what do you got? There's a lot to unpack in this uh, passage. Oh my gosh, there's a lot. <clears throat> this is one of those John stories that just has it's just the detail upon detail upon detail. Yep. And you could dive into any one of them. Yep. And find something really interesting. Um, Some Easter Sunday, we're going to reenact Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> you and I are going to have a foot race down the center aisle. Uh, more than likely, you will be the other disciple whom Jesus loved because you will probably beat me because you're faster than I am. Well, the center aisle is not very wide or very long. Yeah. And you're known to throw elbows when you play <laughs> basketball, so you might do it in the foot race, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, not only is it early on the first day of the week, it's also still dark, right, to give you a sense of how early it is. Um, one disciple, and then for all the details that there are, we don't get the other disciple's name. No, it's the one whom Jesus loved. Right. Now, which one was that? The one whom Jesus loved. Well, it could be anybody. <laughs> but anybody you know? but Simon Peter. <laughs> sure. Or Judas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matthias has not yet been recruited since Judas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I seem to recall once in Minnesota, I think I preached on this for an Easter you think? And spent most of my time talking about um, the disciples having to like having to bend over to get into the tomb, mm -hmm. and that a real tomb wouldn't be six feet tall because mm -hmm. that would be a lot of work to to dig, dig it out. out, right? And so to actually get into the tomb, you like, you would probably like have to crawl. Or maybe get on your hands and knees, or like, like put your hand in the dirt, at least a little bit, to actually get into the tomb, and 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 just kind of reflected on how that act of getting into the dirt of something is sometimes the, the only thing that can lead to a, a kind of resurrection for it, right? Like that you kind of have to sometimes experience that sort of grittiness, that sort of griminess in order to see where the resurrection is going to take place. Mm. That's actually sort of the same path that I'm going down with my sermon. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I, I jumped forward um, starting at verse 11. So the, Mary comes, the tomb's empty, she goes back, gets the disciples, the three of them go back, Simon, Peter, and the disciple who Jesus loved look in, see it's empty, and they return, and Mary's left standing there by herself. And then we pick it up in verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got two angels sitting there, and they ask her, why are you weeping? She says they've taken away, she thinks they've taken away Jesus' body. Yeah. 
And then uh, when she heard this, she turns around and sees Jesus standing there, but she doesn't know that it's Jesus. And I kind of get that. Right. <laughs> you assume he's dead and you assume his body's missing. So the person standing before you, you're not going to assume is the dead person whose body is missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like when you see your doctor at the grocery store and it takes you a little while to recognize them. Yeah. Because they're not where they're supposed to be. I had a very similar experience with that the other day. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody in a context that I had not seen them before, and it took me a while mm-hmm. to recognize them. Right. Yes. And then Jesus asks her, woman, why are you weeping? And so here between verse 11 and verse 15, we have the term weeping three times and and wept once. So in four verses, there's... and trying to enter into Mary's headspace at this particular moment and the grief that she's feeling that's being expressed in her tears and how low she must have been feeling at these moments. Um, kind of like you were talking about with, she's in the dirt, right? Yeah. She, she's, had yeah. To, she's had to bend down and get dirty and she, she is deep in the depths of sadness and grief and um, beyond simply the death of her friend, it's also what they think might be the end of a movement they thought they were a part of, a life-changing, yeah. life-altering movement that they were they were supporting and a, a part of and on board with, and now all of a sudden that's been ripped out from under them, their friend is gone, and, and to add grief upon grief, somebody's stolen his body. Right. Um, a body that it seems that they themselves put there. Right. Right. Like, yeah. like at the end of, of chapter 19 is, uh, they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in the spices and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. So it's not the Romans burying Jesus. Right. It's, it's Jesus's friends. Burying Jesus in the Gospel of yeah. John, at least in that narrative, right? Um, now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we just think about the the depth of her grief, and and it just. You know, it's been an interesting week uh, in our community for the last couple weeks, uh, in our in our family of faith as well. Um, we've we've experienced great loss um, and tragedy and trauma. Uh, first, with the the car accident on our church property and um, the death of of two people, and then also uh, a couple of funerals and a couple of situations with families that were going through some struggles. And I was just thinking about all that and, and sort of holding that up to, to Mary's tears mm-hmm. and the weeping that she's feeling. And, um, and then, and then the, the turn in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, thinking about the question, uh, I think about, um, Mary and her tears and there's a way to read that question as as kind of implying that Mary is a fool, right? Yeah. Why are you weeping? Like you could read it. Why are you weeping? 
It was, was you know, don't, don't you understand? Why don't you understand, you fool? Right? Or you could read the question as a sincere and honest expression of empathy or compassion or like, I see that you are in pain. Please tell me why you are in pain. Yeah. Yeah, I almost I almost pictured Jesus placing his hand on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right? It says when she had seen this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, but there's, there's a, I, 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 I picture a, a comforting hand on the shoulder of, yeah, why are you weeping? Mm-hmm. Um, from a place of authentic concern for someone that he loves mm-hmm. um, and feeling the depths of, of her grief at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mary does, Mary doesn't know the end of the story. Right. As a, you know, <laughs> as a character in the story. Right. We do. Right. So I, I think that there's a temptation then because we know the end of the story to look at her tears as, as foolish in right. some way. Right. Right. Uh, and not recognize them as valid or something. Um, part of the, the words that we use on Good Friday have to do with, and I think I put it somewhere in the devotional guide for this week as well, have to do with the importance of being willing to see the pain in the world. Um, and the, and this ties in with that hand on the ground kind of a thing as well. But like the importance of being willing to look at crosses, right? To look at places of suffering and places of pain and, and be willing to see them. And I, and I, and I hear that being reflected in these, in this refrain of this question as well. This, why are you weeping? Yeah. Like, Please tell me why you are weeping. Um, and then I think part of our responsibility then is to try to work to take down those crosses. Right. Um, but you can't take them down if you don't know where they are or what they're doing. Yeah. Unless you get real lucky. <laughs> yeah. And thinking about that juxtaposed with then the rest of the story where he says her name and she recognizes him and realizes uh, at least part of what's going on. And then he empowers her. He commissions her to go share the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, there are a number of preachers and, and whatnot who say you can't have Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And that's kind of where I've been dwelling for mm-hmm. the past week. Um, in, in in Mary's tears and in the weeping and in the the lived experience and as you said in, in the crosses in the world that, that that we have to look at and then have to work to dismantle um, and and how much more powerful than that turn in the story is and him saying her name and her recognizing him and then this joyful proclamation that she gets to carry back to the disciples. And that joy is tenfold or a hundredfold more than it would be 
if if she had not sat in the depth of her grief and really allowed that um, to change her, and then in turn to be changed by this interaction with the risen Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of kind of what I've been sitting with this week and uh, and thinking about relative to this. You know, this is my seventh Easter at first pres, and so. I've preached, this will be my seventh Easter sermon. Mm -hmm. At least one or two of those Easter sermons have been on this John text. Yeah. Um, And I know that I I preached on the, Jesus said to her, Mary, and she replied, Rabuni. Um, And that Jesus saying her name and the importance of that, that, that's one of the sermons I've preached before on this text. But I, I was just drawn to the few verses before that this week. And, uh, in addition to that verse and how much more powerful that verse is now when you acknowledge and sit in the, in the weeping yeah, um, and and the sadness and the tears and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think, do you think this practice of moving bodies around was fairly common? It's hard to tell. There, there seems to be a lot of description for why the body was being moved um, well, why the body was taken off the cross and moved right mm-hmm. before this, but then the, to show up at a grave and for a body to be gone, some biblical scholars that I've read have suggested that that would have been potentially um, more of sort of the Roman persecution of the Jesus movement. Mm. Like, As in, we're not even going to let your dead bodies... We're not even... Yep. Rest peacefully. Like we're yep. gonna, like we're gonna, we're gonna destroy all of this, and we're not gonna let you have mm-hmm. your mourning or grieving. Uh, yeah. You don't get to come back and 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 do the spices and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and because early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went back to the tomb. Right. There was a purpose behind mm-hmm. that, and in some of the other resurrection passages, we read that she went there with spices to anoint the body. Um, in this particular passage in John, the, the spices and the anointing happens before this morning. Right. But regardless, there was certainly some Jewish custom of of going back and days of mourning and grief. And, and so some may say that the assumption was the body was taken precisely to, to further this. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you're thinking you're you're pairing this with a psalm of some sort. I am. Um, yeah. And again, it was it was sort of that focus on the weeping that uh, kept jumping out at me. And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a psalm that talks about changing our weeping into joy. And uh, I'll be very honest with you, I didn't know it, which one it was off the top of my head. So <laughs> I used my powerful. Uh, powerful tool called Google uh-huh and uh, and there it was Psalm 30 Psalm 30 mm-hmm. yeah um, which yeah weeping may linger for the night but joy comes with the morning that's Psalm 30 verse 5 and then Again, Psalm 30, verse 11, you have turned my mourning into dancing. 
You have taken off my sackcloth, which would be like my funeral clothes, and you have clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And what's interesting to me is that um, this is not the psalm that is paired in the Revised Common Lectionary with the resurrection texts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had not made this connection to this psalm until this week. Right. Well, I think honestly that's because we don't... <laughs> this is because we skip over the weeping on Easter Sunday. Yeah. At least on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Like, and But if you don't participate in a Good Friday service. I, I think about this sometimes, which is why last Sunday when I was preaching, I also wanted to include, last Sunday being Palm Sunday, I also wanted to include some mention of Good Friday. The passion narrative, yeah. Because a lot of folks won't don't go to a Good Friday service. Yeah. Right? And so if you just went to Palm Sunday and then to Easter... You skip right over all that stuff. Right. <laughs> Which is not the whole story. Oh, it's, you're missing, yeah, it's so integral to the story. You can't have a triumphant entry into Jerusalem and then a glorious resurrection. There is a right. week of events and suffering that occurs in between that make both of those stories that much more significant. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's that's why, to me, that's for some reason I was drawn to this this record of weeping, mm-hmm. you know, four times in five yeah. verses, and 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 so I think that the lectionary assumes that you've wept mm. on Friday, right, and on Saturday, yeah. Like if, if you also do did a Saturday vigil or Holy Saturday service or something, right, yeah, like that as well, and yeah, and then when we get to Easter Sunday, it's all. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is written today. Not a lot of minor chord music. <laughs> well said. <Yes. laughs> on on Easter Sunday, you know. Yeah. So it would make it would make with that in mind, then it makes sense. Yeah. That that they're not connecting Psalm thirty and this uh, turning weeping into into celebration. They're kind of jumping with, straight to the celebration yeah. with the Revised Common Lectionary text. Mm-hmm. But I, I fell back into the um, connecting the two, which I think uh, I'll probably end up doing uh, on Easter morning. Um, everybody's in their own space uh, and, and experiencing life in their own way at this particular you know, time. But, um, but I think speaking about the weeping and acknowledging it and acknowledging the power of the resurrection being that much more powerful if, in fact, we can lean into the, the grief and, and the weeping um, that is present in the world today and present in spades uh, for, for folks, depending upon what's going on in their lives. And if you're a person who follows international news, I mean, the war in Ukraine is enough to break your heart, or nationally, the tornadoes and the loss of life there. Um, yeah. And locally in our community, it's just it's it's there, it's present, and we can't deny the suffering in the world. We can't deny the crosses, as you've described. Mm-hmm. We've got to look at them. We have to put our eyes on them, um, and and then in turn, it makes the resurrection 
story that much more powerful and joyful and meaningful. And, and that's, that's where we're going to land on Sunday, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mary Magdalene did the work. She put in the work, right? Yeah. That's what she was showing up to do. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, (laughs) she herself was choosing to look upon the, the devastation. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's what she got up early to go out and look at some devastation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, not a lot of people get up early to go look at devastation. Right. They get up early to go look at birds. <laughs> you know, Maybe to walk their dog or to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it'll preach? I I hope so. Um, <laughs> oftentimes with the Easter story, one of the best things you can do is just read the story and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think pointing to some of these details uh, hopefully will uh, help the story resonate more deeply with folks and and also the, the joy and hope of the resurrection resonate more deeply as well, as, as it does for me after thinking about that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, should we switch gears? Yeah, let's talk about the busy week in the life of our church. Uh, Wednesday, let's start on Wednesday. Wednesday, we've got uh, our Wednesday Night Live programming for pre-K through fifth graders. Uh, So that's going to be 5 o'clock to 6.45. Even though it is Holy Week, we still have that. So bring those kids on out here. and then Wednesday evening, we have both our adult chancel choir rehearsal as well as our adult chancel bells rehearsal, which are going to be important rehearsals because both the choir and the bells uh, will be part of our Holy Week services and, um, and Easter. Yeah. So uh, don't miss those. So that's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Thursday. Thursday is uh, what is probably my favorite service of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is our Maundy Thursday service, a service that we uh, read a passage from the Gospel of John where Jesus gathers with his disciples in the upper room and um, tells them that they have a new commandment, to love one another as he loved them, and then shows them what that love looks like in humility, uh, ties a towel around his waist, kneels down and washes their feet, um, and also shares the Last Supper with them. Um, and these two acts of incredible humility and service and compassion and, and love in its almost purest form uh, is what we celebrate on Monday Thursday. And um, it's a wonderful service, and I hope you can join us. Our choir will be here to sing. Our organist will be here. And we will partake in communion, and then we will do uh, a foot washing and a hand washing uh, Liturgy? And slash or. And slash or. Mm-hmm. I suppose someone could do both. I suppose that you could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that would be and. But what we've discovered is that um, for some folks, foot washing is, is difficult. Either the act of having your own feet washed or uh, washing others' feet. And so we're going to set up a hand washing station and, and you can pick and uh, choose which one you want to do. And the, the act of, of service and humility and love is the same in both of those. And so... It's an opportunity and to, to live that out 
And so we hope you'll be able to join us for Monday Thursday. What about Friday? Friday is Good Friday services. So Good Friday service at 7 o'clock in the evening in the sanctuary uh, where we do some of that gazing upon crosses. We read through the scriptures of the Passion Narrative. It's a uh, tends to be a, a little more of a contemplative style of mm-hmm. service. Um, yeah, before we depart in silence at the end of the service. And then Friday evening through Saturday up to... Um, 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah. We will... Folks will be holding vigil, a prayer vigil, um, either at their homes or they can come into the chapel as well. And... Um, a variety of folks from the church, mostly deacons and session members, but a couple of others as well, mm-hmm. have reached out to all of the members of the congregation asking if they have any prayer requests. And so that old folks who are holding vigil can offer prayer on behalf of the members of the church. They can offer prayer on behalf of, they got an hour at least. So there's probably time to offer prayer for lots of things. Indeed. Over the, <laughs> over the course of an hour. So uh, so that Easter vigil will be happening, starts at the conclusion of Good Friday services and then runs until Sunday morning. Yeah, and if you would like to sign up for an hour or two of that, uh, you can call the church office or dig through your emails or the church's Facebook page and you can find a link to sign up um, and do that. Hope you'll be able to join us for that Easter vigil, which again leads up to Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and then Sunday at 8.30 uh, we will be doing uh, our Easter resurrection service, the Lord's Day service for Easter Sunday. Um, and we're doing two services that will be mostly identical. Of course, the Spirit will blow where the Spirit may. And so we don't know uh, if they'll be a little different, but right now they're planned to be the same. Um, and they will include our choir, our handbell choir, the cathedral brass, our organ, and a joyful celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we'll hope you can join us. Um, what we've discovered uh, the last couple of years is that typically you have a slightly smaller attendance at the 830 service. So if you're less likely to want to be in a big crowd, come to the 830 service. Yeah. Um, and then the 1030 service tends to be a little bit bigger. Uh, but we hope you can join us for one or, frankly, both of those services. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, host your own worship service in the inner in the in-between hour or sing with the choir and we'll feed you in the in-between hour yeah that works too i suppose (laughs) i might sneak in there and grab some food too (laughs) and then that gets us through sunday and the so there's no forum on sunday there's no sunday school on sunday there's no youth group in the evening and Monday, the church offices will be closed. Correct. Uh, for Easter, for the Easter Monday, or the Easter Monday following Easter. So, Because uh, your staff uh, is putting in a lot of hours uh, last week and this week. Uh, right now, Melissa, our office administrator, is uh, producing not one, not two, but three bulletins. Well, uh, four. Four. I mean, she's doing one for 8.30 and 10.30. Yep. And in a week that she normally does one. So uh, each of us are putting, do a little bit of extra heavy lifting this week to, uh, for this Holy Week. And we love it. Uh, it's, I love it. 
uh, and because it's a chance to really reflect on uh, Christ and his love for us. So, uh, but it also means we're going to take Monday off. <laughs> it does. It does. So there will not be a Monday check-in next week. We might do a Tuesday check-in. We'll kind of see uh, yeah. where the Spirit leads. We could have two Tuesdays in a row. Oof. We might even have two paper Bible, but hopefully not because the <laughs> copy machine is still broken. Yeah, the copier is still broken in a week. We got bigger issues. Indeed. Mm-hmm. But so, we'll get through them. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, let's have a prayer. Yes. Let me and gracious God, we thank you that you accompany us through all of the moments of life. Uh, the moments of joy, the moments of celebration, as well as the moments of sorrow, the moments of grief, anxiety, whatever it might be, the moments that bring us to tears. Um, thank you, God, for accompanying us, for being our companions along the way, for reminding us that there is yet hope, that there is yet beauty, that there is yet renewal. Uh, be with us, O oh God, as we move throughout the week ahead, as we recall and remember um, the story of your Son, Jesus the Christ, uh, the story of redemption. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.